You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Michael Winstead. What up, what up? <laughs> Nothing. It's uh, a... Let's see, we're recording tonight. It is October 28th. It is cold and rainy today. It's been cold and rainy the last two days. Yeah, that's true. Worked all day in the rain today. And then, like an idiot, went and sat in the stand... Didn't see nothing. But, you know, I mean, it's still fun. I mean, it's always good to get out in the woods or whatever. But I probably could have picked a better day to go. Yeah. It just so happens that uh, one of our sponsors for tonight's show is Huntworth. But I put my stuff to the test tonight, today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely did, too. And I'll be honest. I mean, I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was out there from 2.30 to dark. Which and is about six fifty was end of right. Six twenty was sunset, so six fifty was the end of shooting light. Yeah, and I was I was told by several people you're an idiot because it was raining pretty heavily when I went out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't raining that bad whenever I went because I I mean I work till five, so yeah, I, I rush out there get real out there quick. When you can yeah, yeah, do what I got to do. But yeah, you so you were like, I mean, you had been getting rained on, rained on. Yeah, I did. I mean. And I, I, I did get a little chill, but that's because I got wet. Right. I didn't put on my rain gear, my raincoat, until probably after about an hour of being in the stand. Yeah. So you're already going to be wet. And the stuff I was wearing, I was, I'm wearing Huntworth's, Huntworth's mid-season stuff, and it's windproof, but it's not waterproof. Right. So eventually I'm like, hey, I'm, I feel a little damp. <laughs> so <laughs> then I put on the raincoat and... Uh, but by then it's too late. <laughs> I mean, so you, it, it helps stop the rest of it. <laughs> oh, definitely for sure. I mean, 
I mean, I did pretty good. I, I wore my raincoat in. I, I don't wear rain pants unless I just yeah, absolutely have to. I, mine are gigantic anyways. Yeah, I'm yeah. just not a fan of wearing rain pants for whatever reason. So, but, I mean, you're standing up most of the time or, you know, what your legs don't get that wet. And if they do, that that's not going to bother me. But, dude, my gear, it worked great. I mean, I stayed warm. I'm happy. Yeah, super happy with it. Uh, I did have a really cool encounter tonight. You did, you did, man. Tell her, tell everybody about that because I, I got to see the video and you guys will too. But yeah, I'm, I'll post the video by the time you guys hear what we're talking about. You will have seen the video because I'm probably going to post it tomorrow. But I decided to get down. Actually, it was about five o'clock, and I just, I don't know, I had that feeling that I wasn't going to see nothing where I was, uh-huh. and it was so wet and so windy that I'm like, I can go, I can still hunt tonight. Yeah. So I decided I was going to go still hunt. So I, I get down and I worked, I probably worked about a hundred yards and I set up in this spot that I, I was kind of on the edge of the timber with the wind in my face and I kind of liked where I was. So I set up in this brushy stuff and I don't know, after about five minutes, honestly, I looked over to my West and I see antlers and the antlers stop and they start raking a tree and I, at first, I couldn't tell who it is, and then eventually he raised his entire head up to where I could tell who he was. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, I mean, right. I would have preferred it to be one of the ones I'm after, but it was a buck that uh, we've nicknamed Evil Eddie because he is just, he's got to be eight, eight plus years he old. He looks like a really old buck. And um, he, he basically has two main beams coming out of his head yeah a, he has a g1 on each side although this year his g1 on his left side's already broke off but the, he just they're like 20 inch plus main beams that yeah. they have like the normal shape for the most part they're kind of weird and that's it and then g1s he has yeah. nothing else he's not illegal he's a giant freaking spike yeah not not he's, a legal buck not in our county at least right and so i can't shoot him and he's got to be, and we've known this deer now for at least three years. Yeah. And he's looked like that every single year. Right. So he's either old or he's just never going to be worth a shit. But if you look at his body, he doesn't look young. No, he looks like, I mean. Yeah. He looks like a really old deer. So anyways, he rakes this tree. I videotape it. I put my video or my camera down and I thought he was going to work off. He starts working back towards me, so I turn it back on. I watch him do a scrape, and then the deer walks within five yards of me, right to me. Looks at me for a while. Uh, like I said, I'll show the video to everybody. Looks at me for a while, turns broadside. Can't ever figure out what I am. I had The wind was in my favor. He scurries off a little bit, and that's when I stop recording. But after I stop recording, he actually then tries to circle me. To get my wind, I would assume. Um, never gets to where he needed to to get my wind. He did cross where I walked, so he stopped, smelled, and he must not have picked anything up because after he did that, he then walked right behind me another five yards from me, like where I could reach out and almost touch his nose again, really? looking at me again, trying to figure out what the hell I was. and And then he finally scurried off back to where he came from but never blew never like tucked tail and i mean just could not figure out what i was and i feel um what's the word 
I mean, it's a cool encounter. I feel blessed to, I guess, it, I, I hate using that word, blessed, but, you know, I feel, like, lucky that I got to experience a, a moment with that deer because, to me, he's a, he's a monarch type of deer. Right. Like, he's he's, he's an war, old dude. Old warrior. Yeah. And, uh, you and know, if, I got to look, see him in the flesh. And, like, if you look at his face, it looks like he's got some type of cyst or something. Like, my, I, what I would guess is, since he's older, I bet his teeth are jacked. And I wonder if he's got an infected tooth because it looks like it's coming right off his back of his jaw. Maybe. And he's got this just freaking baseball-sized bump Yeah, on his right jaw. And, you know, maybe like an abscess or something. Right. Uh, no. A tooth that's messed up. Yeah, but his neck's all swollen up. And, I mean. Yeah. And like I said, I watched him beat a tree up and then make a rub as yeah. he was coming to me. Very cool. But what I liked about that is I want to do more ground hunting. I I'm really interested in ground hunting. I don't know why. Um, I think part of it is because I hate lugging in a tree stand and sticks and then setting it up. Right. seems like I always have problems with it. And uh, you can just be more quiet and get into other spots. And today was a good day for that because, A, it's been raining. You're not making a bunch of noise walking around because, obviously, the leaves are wet and you're not crunching and stuff. So I mean, it was a good day for it, and we had a consistent northern northerly wind, yeah. so you could set it up to where you know. Yeah, but what I liked about it was I got the hunt off the ground, and I it worked. Like if if he was any of the deer I was after, they were dead. Yeah, been done. So like I because I even even if it was let's say one of the deer I was after, the way he moved had they moved the same way he moved. I could have drawn the way I wanted to. Once he went behind some brush, they wouldn't have seen me draw. Like, just all the stuff would have worked out. So, I, I thought it was pretty cool. No, it was really cool, yeah. man. I mean, I wish it would have. I mean, I wish it would have been one of your shooters. But still, I mean, that, that, I guarantee you, your heart was beating. Oh yeah, your chest. yeah, yeah. It it made the night worth it because, I mean, I was I was wet by that point. Right. And uh, so it was, it was cool. But anyway, today's show. We have the first ever bow hunt, bow kill, bow kill of an elk, of an elk in, in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have Chris Irick on. He is the guy who um, on day three of Missouri's Nine. archery elk season. Yep, uh, was able to kill a uh, nice, nice um, bull. It's six by six, right? You know, I don't remember. I looked at the picture, but I think I think that's what he said. I think it's a six by six. Nice six by six um, with his bow. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous bull. Yeah. And so Chris comes on and talks to us about just, you know, how he felt when he found out he got the tag, how he got ready for it. I mean, that dude spent two weeks out in the the woods trying to figure him out before the season started. And, um, you know, then was able to get on him and. And uh, put him down. Yeah. Yeah. So. Really cool story. Really cool guy. I mean, down to earth, just a good old boy, you know, type of thing. So, yep. Been hunting know. his whole life, type yep. of guy. Yeah. We appreciate him uh, coming on and sharing his story with us. So, you know, yeah. thank you, Chris. Before, <clears throat> excuse me, we get started, we've got two sponsors. Well, and we've already talked about show. one. We already talked about Huntworth. <clears throat> so, check them out at huntworthgear.com. Um, Use the code MWW15. 
uh, save 15%. But they Although also, until November 7th, they have a 20% sale going on. Yeah. I mean, you always, I mean, if you like their stuff on Facebook or whatever, yeah. you're going to see the 20% off. I, I highly doubt you can use them both. Yeah, I doubt you can stack <laughs> so them. So use theirs because you get five more percent. Um, but yeah, check that out. Um, I would suggest their, their mid season or their late season stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. I went and spent $500 on a coat two years ago from a, uh, brand that I will not name, but if everybody knows that I spent $500 on a coat, you, you can, can figure out what you brand can, I you bought. You can guess two different brands yeah. and you'd be accurate. Now, let me just say this. The coat is badass, right? And it keeps me really warm. Uh-huh. This coat's the exact does the exact same thing. And my my uh, cold weather or my late season coat of Huntworth isn't near as puffy and big as that one. And it does the same thing. Keeps all the wind off me. Yep. Keeps me warm. Honestly, if you find something that keeps the wind off of you, that's how I stay warm. Oh, I mean that's huge. Huge. Yeah. And it works, man. I love them. So check them out. And then also Alps Outdoors. Um, want to give them a quick shout out. Um, by the time y'all hear this, it'll be over. But Alps donated along with us and partnered with us on a uh, a youth hunt, a youth deer hunt contest in our area. Yeah, it's uh, it's a biggest deer. Biggest deer contest is not biggest buck or anything like that. Yeah, they, hev- it, heaviest deer. And they've yeah. got, like, prizes for all the kids, but they yeah. also have prizes for the heaviest deer shot by a boy and a girl and the lightest. Right. Um, so it's just really cool, you know, that, you know, Alps, w- we told Alps uh, about it, and they said, say no more. And they they sent, I mean, I guess, it, I guess we could say, it. they sent two blinds, two blind chairs, 25 hats, what was it, five back five packs. In five packs. I mean, so... I mean, that, and I was just hoping like they would send us like a pack or two, right? Like yeah. you know, we, something cool that we could you know give to the 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 hunt. And right. Alps came through as a partner. They love supporting children mm-hmm. uh, in the outdoors. They actually uh, sponsor two other youth hunts over on the St. Louis side of the state. Yeah. So, so we just want to thank them for doing that with us. Um, we're we love to be partnered with them, and they're they're an awesome uh, Missouri-owned company. So check them out, AlpsBrands.com. Uh, they've got Alps Outdoors, um, Alps Mountaineering, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So check them out. Um, but yeah, I mean, today's show, I think we should just get right into it. Yeah. Have some fun. Yep. All right. Enjoy the show today with Chris Eirich. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, we are excited to talk to Chris Eirich of Pleasant Hope, Missouri. Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm just enjoying life, brother. Uh, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like we talked before, you, you're definitely on cloud nine right now. Yeah. Being the first person ever to harvest an elk with a bow. So congratulations, first off. Pretty stoked about that, yeah. Yeah, we're not uh, – we're not spoiling anything for anybody. Everybody yeah. knows that Chris um, killed an elk with a bow. Um, it was all over Facebook and all that stuff. The Missouri Department of Conservation posted it, so everybody knows. But we're just excited to talk to him because 
Chris is going to tell us, you know, how how it went from when he when he got the tag, which is a small miracle in itself, even getting the dang tag, um, and then you know able to actually get on an elk and kill it with a bow. So uh, we're excited because you know we got to live vicariously through five people every year. Yep. <laughs> it's basically how it works. Until we get drawn, that's how it's going to be. Which is probably never going to happen. <laughs> hey, but, you never hey. know. Uh, yeah, that was that's my first thought was like, you know, I got to make this happen because I can't even put in for it for 10 more years and I <laughs> yeah. might be dead by then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into the, the whole topic, uh, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you're from, and then... Uh, since you're a new new guest for us, what's your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors? Man, I, my name is Chris Eric, and uh, I grew up in Fairgrove, Missouri, and uh, I've uh, I've spent most of my life outdoors hunting and fishing, and uh, my favorite thing is just enjoying God's creation, man. Getting out and being alone with the creatures in the wild, and you know. I, I just enjoy it. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, and the meat's good. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we we talked before we recorded, and you already talked about enjoying some elk meat in the last uh, week or so. So, um, so okay. When? How did you find out that you got drawn? Well, the, uh, an agent from the Missouri Department of Conservation called me up. And, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. If it was first, a friend of mine sent me a message about it or if it was that but everybody everybody knew about the same time i did <laughs> really yeah <laughs> yeah when i first put in for it i thought you know i put in for it and forgot about it and then when they got a hold of me it's like what what are you serious that's awesome i mean i I'd, I'd always dreamed of going to elk hunting but i didn't figure i'd ever make it yeah what uh I thought it was pretty interesting this year. It was something like over 20,000 people put in for the elk season last year, and less than – or somewhere around half. half of that only think, put in this year. I think it was around like 9,000. I would have thought it would have went up, but it actually went down. I think a lot of people kind of forget about it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that, that's probably true. You know, it's the second one, so it's not as much yeah. – you know, I guess maybe not as much hype around it, but which I'm fine with. The less people that put in for it, the better my odds get. Yeah, so. that's what I was thinking. Hey, we got a one in nine thousand chance of getting it. It's a lot better than one in twenty. Yeah. So, uh, so you got a call, and then I mean, just pretty much right after that, everybody knew about it, um, which is yeah, probably pretty yeah, cool. And then, uh, yeah, and I started immediately just preparing. Man, I thought, whoa, this is. Something I don't know anything about, you know. I did, I, I, I've ate it, and that's about it. And I've seen pictures of them, and so I started just like watching YouTube videos, like thousands and thousands of them, and studying on the internet, and like trying to figure out the behaviors. And it, it's just crazy all the information out there. But um, then, of course, once I got down there, it wasn't the same because closest thing i found was a little bit of arkansas elk youtube videos and uh and uh some kentucky videos and that was as close as it came to missouri elk yeah yeah there's not too i mean we're obviously in our second year hunting them so there's definitely not any videos to 
get specific with the elk that we have. You know, you can find all kinds of the ones out west, you know, but that's not going to do us much it has good. It's a different it, world. It's just different. Yeah. What are some of the things that you focused on, you know, up front? Did you try to, like, were you trying to learn some of their habits when it comes to mating? Did you try learning how to call? Like, what what was some of the stuff you focused on? Yeah. Well, I ordered I ordered calls and stuff first and, and started practicing that. And then, uh, like, started studying the terrain. I got Onyx map and started just studying and studying and trying to, you know, go off of somehow off of historical, you know, facts that I, that I'd seen from other people hunting. But of course, everything is different. Everything is different down here. So, um, but yeah, I focus mostly on just, uh, I zeroed in on the, the three counties that were there and i actually got a hold of gene gilkey mm-hmm. on the phone to try to get some tips and he he's the only one i could get a hold of out of all the other five that had been and uh he, he didn't give me a lot of information but it it kind of helped settle me a little bit and and i had planned on staying at the place he stayed at take my camper up there and uh and because there's hardly anywhere to camp and hook up so that didn't work out too good because i the camper that i just bought to go elk hunting with i bought a used one well it started coming apart at the front end when i started hauling it down the highway oh no (laughs) yeah this puts a damper in it and, and uh so anyway i didn't get didn't get it repaired, so I wound up borrowing a buddy's camper, and uh, and I didn't get the spot reserved before one of the other elk hunters. Somehow, I don't know if Gene talked to them or anyway, they found out about it and they they got hooked up a bit, and so I wound up just uh, finding a spot to pull in, and I I had to kind of rough it, yeah, rough it in the camper. Well, and which, the no- not a bad thing, I wound I guess. up not staying in the camper much anyway. I wound up living in the woods more than anything. I put a I put a blind up out there, and I'd live in it. I was out there 4 in the morning to 10 at night. Sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd slept on a log or two out in the woods, you know. <laughs> I tried to spend as much time as I could out there because I did not know this creature, you know. I did not know the terrain, and it was... It was all new. I just, I went out there just, you know, in faith. I just asked God, Lord, if it's your will, you know, it'll happen. Yeah. And uh, I went day to day like that. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you said you talked to Gene, and we talked to three of the guys that drew last year. We talked to Gene. We talked to, I think his name is Sam, the guy that broke his hand. I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) I've slept since then. And then the the landowner. um, And, uh, you know, they all ended up harvesting an elk with their rifles. Well, that rifle season is, is what, in December compared to, I'm pretty sure it's in December, isn't it not? Yeah, yeah, it's in December. Yeah, Yeah. and, and bow season is in October. I mean, those are two totally different times. Yeah, elk are probably doing, you know. 
to, they're doing totally different stuff by then. Well, you know, they just started rutting. Right when when season started, it they just started to rut, and which is a little off from out west. Yeah, I didn't even learn that till the uh, two days before opening day. Yeah, mid September is about what it's like out west, which is you know interesting coming from a deer hunter's background when it's mid November you know most of the time or whatever beginning of november but uh and it it was so hot out there too i mean i i was i was up there like i said two and a half weeks before it even opened just packing around i i tried to you know try to get worked out you know get get in shape <laughs> hiking through the mountains and hauling the pack and you know uh, you start out early in the morning and like I'd get up at four in the morning every morning and uh, pile all the clothes on because it's a little chilly and then uh, and then pack it all in the backpack you know about 10, 11 o'clock because you're sweating by then. Yep. Right. And, yep. <laughs> there's been a few days that I yeah I had to I was out in the middle of the nowhere nobody around anywhere and uh, so I was all sweaty, and I just stripped down to almost nothing and hang my stuff out. Let it dry <laughs> out. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It had rained on me a time or two. I got soaked, and then the sun came out about noon, and it's, yeah. So it was your sunny. scouting. Your scouting is you went out just about two weeks before season started, and that's that was your scouting trip. Basically, is before the the season started you tried getting out there and locating them and learning the land a little more and that sort of stuff right right yeah did you end up did you end up getting on the food plots mostly and uh working around the food plots and then all the way up to the top of the mountains and uh didn't see a lot of sign at all until like i said uh it wasn't until the hunt opened. I saw deer sign, but very little elk sign. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a big difference between a deer rub and an elk rub. I mean, they oh, both yeah. rub similarly, but you can tell what is what, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, first, first I drove out. My brother went with me when I first got there for two days. We thought we'd just deer hunt, you know, for two weeks and, uh, and scout while we hunted deer and uh so the first day we got there we went to Peck ranch and cruised through there and we we got to see three and that's just to get a visual of actually what do these things look like walking through the woods you know yeah. and uh so yeah that the biggest one i saw before this one that i killed was a five by four and everything I saw before before this was like uh, cows and spikes and that one five by four. And it was like, you know, after two weeks and then three days into the hunt, you know, it was like it was starting to get a little like uh, maybe – Maybe I'm not going to see one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're ghosts, which is uh, what I, I call them, timber ghosts. But um, before we get into the hunt, okay, let's talk about gear real quick. 
what is some some of the new gear that you bought or got a hold of uh, when you found out you drew for the elk hunt? Did you go out and get some new stuff? I mean, you know, what what did well, you need yeah. to worry about? Well, first thing, uh, I, I wanted to be different, so I wound up, uh, I bought a 50 caliber air rifle because I saw those being used in, in some videos, and I thought, man, this will be something different. And so I practiced with that, and, and I thought, well, I don't know how powerful this is on an animal, but it's pretty powerful, and it's pretty accurate. So this was going to be my deal. I was going to shoot the first elk with an air gun. And then, uh, you know, as time went on, I was shooting that for a little while, and then I thought, well, you know what? I uh, I can't shoot a bow anymore, but I I can shoot a crossbow because of my back injury. But uh, so I uh, I talked to one of the bow shop owners uh, at Midwest Archery in Springfield, and uh, yeah, he hooked me up with the a nice bow. I said I want the best fastest smallest the best thing on the market <laughs> you know i because i uh I, I had intended on being the first to get one with archery after you know after i kind of moved on from being the first to get one with an air gun I, I just wanted to get ahead of the game well both season comes in first so i'm gonna get you know the top of the line stuff and mm-hmm give me all the advantage I can get. So yeah, he hooked me up with a Raven 29 X that I was practicing and 80 to hundred yards. I could shoot nail heads, you know, we're right, talking wow. one inch. Yeah. So there was, I had all the confidence that if I could see one anywhere near a hundred yards, it was going down. But so, and what else, I mean, what about other one. stuff? Did you have to go? <laughs> Did you have to go get a new pack or anything like that? No, I had a pack. Uh, I've been in the Marine Corps and I've I've, uh, I've hunted all my life, so I I had a great big pack and some small packs. So there, I had plenty of packs, but I I had to get elk calls, you know. And uh, um, let's see. Did you get the diaphragms, you the know, ones you put in your mouth, or? Yeah, yeah, I got I got the diaphragms and I got the other kind too because I, I I wanted everything. I didn't know if I could do the diaphragm, yeah. so so I got the one with the diaphragm built on the bugle. But I got up there and there was no bugling. I mean, I I might have heard some bugling a couple of times so far off, and it could have been one of the other hunters. I yeah, they just I don't think they really bugle much up here. Do you know? <clears throat> Did all five, well, I guess four now, did four, do you know if the other four hunters that got the tags, did they all bow hunt as well? Or were some of them, do you know if they waited just till rifle? No, they said all five, the conservation agent, I met with, with the elk biologist there after I spent the two weeks there and couldn't figure this animal out, couldn't find it, couldn't, you know, it was all a mystery, so... I set up a meet with uh, Aaron Hildreth, the elk mm-hmm. biologist down there, and and had lunch with him and talked about the different stuff. And uh, he's like, you know, this is not out west. You know, <laughs> these creatures are they they're, they're led by their bellies. You know, when it when it's 
it wasn't the rut yet, you know, it just, the rut was still working in. So, um, the food, that's it, you know, focus on a food source and around, around the perimeter of that, you know, to some bedding areas and they're not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, moving much farther than that. And, uh, yeah, the all five, but he said all five this year were bow hunting. Gotcha. And after I got mine, uh, I had heard, I still don't know for sure that another guy the next day got a younger elk with a bow. I haven't seen a post on that yet, but he might've wanted it to be private though. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what, to go off on a tangent real quick, because I know you're an outdoorsman and I'm sure you've hunted turkey your, your whole life probably. Right. Isn't it interesting how close turkey hunting and elk hunting really are? You know, you're, you're calling to them. They have similar like pitch changes, except just the opposite way. And, uh, you know, you got to play this like cat and mouse game with them. To me, turkey hunting is the most closely related to elk hunting. Yeah than than you know really like deer hunting or something like that is if yeah, they're calling still, to you that's the thing i i i never did use the bugle except after i shot mine i blew it really loud you know <laughs> <as a> trumpet <laughs> but uh um yeah i used the cow call to bring them in yeah and, uh, but what i did i set up I found some different food plots, and I was working off of some a little farther. They were all kind of just off of the uh, current river. Okay, yeah. And uh, one was down by an old mill that uh, I sat on this field because there's three fields in a row that me, my brother, and my brother's stepson went in, and we saw we saw a giant elk. I mean, this sucker was huge, but it was like 9 o'clock at night, and we barely got a good sight of him. I couldn't get a picture of him, and he was in that area, and I, I, I pretty much focused on that area the whole time I was there. I worked my way out, you know, to over around the other side of of uh, the current river to log yard area and up to uh ellington all the way up through there and there were some places i really wanted to go but then i didn't really want to pick up and pack up and move again mm-hmm. so i i set up a blind on one of the three fields or out just in the wood edge and uh, I saw a lot of deer. I mean, it was crazy deer and turkey. And I didn't want to take any of those because I didn't want to disturb anything. I, all I was focused on was elk. And uh, never saw one. I sat in that blind. I lived in that blind. And uh, from, you know, 4.30 in the morning to 8, 10 o'clock at night, Sometimes all night I'd fall asleep out there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, then the weather changed the night before opening day. And I thought, yes, this is, I've always had good luck when the weather shifts. It wasn't a big change, but it cooled down at night. 
And so I was pretty stoked, but it was day after day pushing hard and uh it's uh yeah it, it started to get a little discouraging not seeing anything not seeing anything and that was so i gave that was even I before the this the season started <laughs> you know right. you were getting discouraged it wasn't so bad before the season but once the season started and every day was like an eternity man and so day one was gone and it's like, oh, well, you know, it's early. And then I, I started thinking, man, would I shoot that five by four? There's only nine days, and I don't even know this thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Did yeah, you... by the end of the third day, I didn't see anything in those fields down there and in my blind. It just, I, I left my blind, went up to a spot that I went to about five miles. Well, it was on the way to five miles up the mountain down some down some four-wheeler paths. I took my long bed four-door four-wheel drive truck <laughs> down, up this mountain. It, my Onyx map said four and a half miles and it was a, it was a rough terrain, but uh, there was a few spots up there that were secluded that, you know, because people, when I was in my blind, people running up and down all day long and on side by sides and four wheelers, and that's how they hunt, I guess. Mm -hmm. Even one of the other elk hunters, I ran into him a couple times, and only time I ever saw him was in a side by side when I was coming out of the woods or going in. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, I'd moved. I'd decided. Well, they've moved out because the the pressure's starting to get a little heavier. Because, you know, the bear hunt, I guess, started at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and close time, because I know people have been getting there. Them. Yeah. Yeah, so bear hunters all in there, and then the deer hunters and a few elk hunters. So I decided to just move away from, you know, get as far out as I could, the farthest food plot that I knew of. And uh, I went up there and sat all day while I moved kind of working through the woods and looking at sign and I found some a lot of good sign out there and it was like man it's all day is like lord is is this gonna happen I mean <laughs> it's day day three and uh or what was it this is Saturday Sunday Monday yeah I got him got him on Man, I can't even remember Monday night or Tuesday night. <laughs> That's all right. I'm no pretty big sure. deal. You could probably look it up. <clears throat> pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday night, but uh, were you um, were you planning on staying the whole? No, it was Monday night. Yeah, I was planning on staying all the way to the end. Okay, yeah. it was Monday night. So, yeah, I'd set up in the wood or work my way up that field. Sit on it a while. Then I work my way up through the woods a little ways here and there, just being real quiet and work up to the top of the mountain and just checking out sign and and uh, I didn't see I didn't see anything the whole time I was out here except some squirrels and you know, nothing, not even a turkey or a deer. So about it was getting close to six. 
I think it was it was starting to, you know, I knew it was, I, my watch had broke, so I don't know what time it was, but it was getting late, and I was, I'd fallen asleep on a log for about an hour, and I woke up and hey, took some more. Videos. It ain't it ain't elk hunting if you don't take you a nap. Yeah, in, you got to you got to take a nap. Yep, it's required. <laughs> well, so I you noticed did good. that's what I that's what I I watched all the videos and these guys take naps up there. So that's what I did. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I woke up and hunted about another two hours, and then I was like, man, I'm so beat. I've been up here. Three weeks now, two and a half to three weeks, and here it is, uh, almost getting ready to get dark. So I just, I got up and started walking out of the woods, and and I, I was about a hundred yards from that food plot, and I came down to the, as soon as I come to the edge of the woods, wow, this freaking six by six, huge six by six, walking at me with six, seven cows. He's pushing, and I'm like, whoa, I'm already, my arrow's already ready. It's cocked back, and I uh, had a, one of those ultimate predator decoys on the front, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing everything, man, just like the videos. It's like that gives you another few more feet. Well, he, uh, he saw me and looked. He didn't even stop, really. He just looked over, and he took another step or two like he wasn't even caring so i just I, I was so excited i mean it was it was almost instinct i'd shot so much and and i was yardaging uh, you know i was range finding everything but when this happened it was like i didn't even think how far yeah. is he what what number to put him on and so i just aimed in and shot and uh, he immediately whirled. I, I, I had a lighted knock, so I knew, I knew it hit him, and it thumped. You know, I, I heard the thump. I saw it, but it was. He spun so fast. The second it hit him, he spun around and took off. And I was like, "Yeah, this is it, boys." <laughs> was it so a I, good? Was it a good shot? Do you know you hit him good, or? Uh well. You know, as much practice as I had, I thought there's, you know, but my mind was so foggy, I didn't really know exactly where I placed it. Right. But I knew it was decent. I didn't, you know, I could be blindfolded and probably hit him, but he was 45 yards away. And uh, when he came, when I, when I saw him, it's like an elephant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Dang, there ain't no way I'm missing this thing. Yeah, they're big. Anyways, they're huge. <laughs> uh, I got a shot, and I thought it was a pretty good shot, but I sat there for about an hour, and then I went walked up to where he was with my well, my my good flashlight went dead in my pocket. It was in my pocket, <laughs> and the button got pushed. <laughs> so I had to pull out one of my Harbor Freight flashlights and. It was like, well, I went up to where it looked like where I shot him, and um, I'm looking around. I don't see any blood. I see some tracks and some stirred-up area where he might have twisted and turned, but there's not a spot of blood. I looked and looked for 30, 40 minutes. There's no blood. 
I'm like, huh? I don't know what I'm going to do. My flashlight's a little dim. I was hunting by myself. My brother only went that one day, you know, with two days, one night. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the rest of the time was me by myself. You know, I'd talked to a couple of locals up there. It was about it, you know, in town. Got it. Uh, most of them didn't know anything about elk or hunting. Or <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I, uh, I thought, well, it's been an hour. I can't find no blood. It's dark. Uh, I guess I should just go back, catch a nap, and come back early in the morning. I start out of the field. It's a big, big field. It's probably, oh, man, 500 yards across. And I had a, a finger of trees coming down the middle of it. Well, I got to the other side of the finger of trees and I shine my light out there and there he is with those cows laying down. Oh. I thought, okay, I'm, I must have done good. He didn't go far and he brought his head up a couple times and so I thought, I'll just sit here for a couple hours. So I sat on him again for a couple hours and I walked up to where he was after that and it's like, he ain't there. And then I heard him over, and I heard him, him and his cows over in that finger of trees walking, because you know they walk like cows. Yeah, oh yeah, they're not um, quiet. Well, they can be if they really want to be, but yeah. So at that point, I was like, "Well, it wasn't as good a shot as I wanted it to be." So I'm gonna go, you know, I'm not gonna spook him up anymore. So I went, went, went to sleep, and planned on getting up at four in the morning, just like I always had, but. I couldn't hardly get to sleep that night. I was hmm. thinking about it, worried about it. Oh, man. Somebody else is going to wind up getting the first one, you know. <laughs> or, you know, something. Uh, but then the, I got up. Oh, I didn't get up to like 8. You know, by the time I fell asleep, it was probably 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking to just staying up or just going on back there but then i wound up falling asleep and woke up eight or so and got me a cup of coffee and prayed about it and i said well lord if it's if it's your will he's going to be laying up there and i drive up it's it's a good little ways back through there but there's a path you can get up i drive up through there and uh then I see five buzzards float, flying around. I said, well, there he is. And I drove up around the field, and he's wound up, ran back to almost about 100 yards from where I actually shot him hmm. and laid down under a tree there, and that's where he was dead. That's and, awesome. Uh, man, oh, that's when the excitement really hit, boy. <laughs> yeah, what, what was your – I mean, what were you thinking the first time you touched his antler or – you know, just touched them. Like, what what was going through your head? Well, I I, I got videos. I, I videoed when I came up on him and I, I touched him. I said, thank you, Lord. And uh, it was like, this is a magnificent creature. I mean, it was so beautiful and big. And then, okay, I took a couple pictures and videos. Then I climbed up in a tree. Cause I was thinking, man, I got to get this checked in. 
Yep. You know? <laughs> and I climbed a tree because I didn't have time or I didn't want to leave it to go up to the top of the mountain. So I climbed as high as I could in the tree. And uh, here it come. I couldn't get any service in the tree. I'd done a telecheck three or four times and it, it done the offline check, but I still couldn't get signal to, to check complete it. it. Right. And then, but here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing my bugle up in the tree, you know, and then here comes five, uh, conservation agents coming down in trucks. I mean, just, it was like the SWAT team, and I thought, oh, no, what did I do What wrong? did I do? <laughs> I'm in trouble. And they they, they reported, they said, uh, we heard him hollering, and we pulled up in there and couldn't find him anywhere, and he was 18 foot up in the tree. <laughs> but, yeah, I got down out of the tree, and... And uh, I told him, I said, yeah, I shot this thing last night and couldn't find it. And they said, well, you, you got the first bow kill. And I started just hooting and hollering, boy. <laughs> they were just great, too. They they helped me out with it. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was just awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. Oh, that, that's really uh, cool. That's got to be one of the coolest feelings, you know, is – uh, I mean, Mike and I have been elk hunting now for a handful of years, and you know we've never even killed one, and we still keep going back because it's you know it's just it's different than anything, and you know if we ever get lucky enough to do it in this state, uh, I you know I can only imagine getting to hunt an elk in your home state and being the first well, person that got it with a bow. Amen. Well, I got to thinking when it's all done. I said, man. I could have very easily, I always thought I couldn't afford a hunt, but I could have very easily paid for a hunt out Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, wherever they got them. I mean, I spent a lot of money, you know, preparing and for gear because I wanted to, I did not want to leave anything to chance. I'm just, yeah. What is you it? Know, you got, you know let's see, uh, 18 days between rifle and bow season. You got 18 days, and that's that's that. Yeah. You so know, you got to make it count. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it happened. And I mean, I give the glory to God. I prayed for it. And that, I'd, uh, I'd, uh, I didn't see any sign. I didn't see anything until it just showed up in front of me. And so I consider it a gift. God. God. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the uh, video of you walking up on it right now on your on your Facebook page. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's awesome. And and you've already told us you've you've been eating on it for quite a few days now too. It's, it's oh, really yeah, good. There ain't, Nothing better there ain't than a day went by I haven't <laughs> ate it. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to mount it? Are you going to put get a taxidermy? Or oh, are you yeah. just yeah, I got a good buddy of mine that's a taxidermy and a pastor of Cedar Buff Church over here, and I told him before I went, I said, I'm going to bring that, when I get that elk, I said, it's going to be my first lesson, because I told him I wanted to learn how, and so I'm I'm going to work it with him, and uh, yeah, it's it's that, that just makes it all that much better, you know? That's awesome. Really cool. Well, Chris, I mean, congratulations, man. That, yeah. You know, we we feel privileged just being able to talk to 
well, the guys last year and now you this year uh, killing the first uh, elk with a bow, uh, I can we can only imagine what it feels like to be the guy that did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's, I'm still in shock. I mean, it's what I'm thinking now. I was talking to a buddy of mine today. I said, well, you know, I think I'll put in for that bear hunt next year. And I don't know if anybody's killed one of them with a bow yet. <laughs> uh yeah yes yeah, i believe so I, 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 yeah i think they beat you on that one yeah they've they've actually there's been nine killed so far now not all of them with a bow but there's been nine killed so far and i think there's been one with a bow but i guess i could be wrong i hadn't heard i hadn't heard of anybody killing one with a bow i, I guess you could be right that it, they could all be rifle uh i know the the person we might be talking to about a bear was with a rifle so hell you you might be right i i, I thought i heard but I I don't pay much attention to a lot of things, so maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm so excited. I just want to go bear hunting. I, yeah. I didn't want I didn't want a bear tag because I didn't eat bear, you know. But then I after I got this elk, I thought, well, now I might go bear hunting and try eating a bear. I hear it's good eating if you do it right, just like anything else, pretty much. Well, you can pressure cook anything into goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very awesome. true. Well, Chris, congratulations. Um, do you, you got anything you want to say before we hop off with you? Well, I just got to say, man, uh, uh, if you if you want to get in, I mean, put your draw in. I mean, like he said, less people put in for it this year than than the year before, the first year, so. I mean, your odds could be good, and and I mean, it's an experience you you'll never forget. I bet. Well, congratulations, buddy. We're we're happy for you. Uh, you seem like a great guy that um, you know, was able to get it done. And you'll, uh, I guess, you're going to go down in history now. I guess everybody started calling me up. I didn't even know what was going on because I don't get on. I don't have TV. I don't watch. I don't get on Facebook hardly ever, and everybody just kept calling me, saying, "Man, you're on TV, you're on Facebook." You know? <laughs> I'm like, "Daggum, I don't even know how to be a celebrity." And then I got these people wanting me to do podcasts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate yeah, we, you. We we got lucky because we talked to Gene both times or a couple times last year, and uh, I had how did I, I think I found you on Facebook and sent you a message, but. I didn't know if you ever looked at it, and I I texted him and said, "Hey, do you know who this guy is?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll I'll see if it's okay to share your number." And I thought, "Awesome, <laughs> we got him." Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't gonna do this, but then I thought, well, as long as I give glory to God, then it ain't me bragging. Yeah. Well, and you can you know, like I said, you can save it and kind of listen to it you know down the road and kind of have that as another uh, memory for it so yep we're just sharing yes, your sir. story is all yeah. we're doing so so I thank appreciate you appreciate you guys having me on all thank right chris we'll talk to you later all right man doesn't it kind of make you wish you could just go back out west and do a little bit more elk hunting or you just are you over that yet um i don't know it makes I, me want to go hunt elk in Missouri is what it wants yes, to do. Exactly. I mean, I'm just like, screw the Colorado ones. Let's go down south and do that. I'm uh, if it was that easy. Yeah. Go buy an OTC tag, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's not how it works. I wish it did. You know, honestly, every year when we go out west, 
when we get home, I'm good. Now, like, even this year, having the bad luck that we had as far as not being able to pull the trigger and having spikes in front of you and that stuff, when I get home, deer. I'm ready for deer. Yeah. Like, no, I, I don't I don't need to go. I mean, would I go back out if someone's like, hey, dude, I've got a free tag for you or something? Sure, I'd go back out. But right. uh, once, once I know it's deer season, I don't think about much else. Yeah. No, so I, get I don't it. really need it. But I get it. But it doesn't mean that this is not. I mean, gosh, you know, this is only the second year, and this is technically only the sixth elk killed in yep. Missouri now. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and first one with a bow. So yeah, definitely congrats to him on that. Uh, but I just really want to get one of these tags. <laughs> That's all I'm getting at. I want. I want to go kill one myself. Yeah, it's almost like you don't want everybody to know about it so that they don't put in. I know. Maybe we, maybe we should stop having these guys on. <laughs> Although, I mean, hell, it went from like 20,000 tags year one to 9,000 year two. So. Yeah. If it cuts in half again, our odds are really going to be up there. It'd be really cool if one year it was just like seven people put in. Yeah. And then I'd still be like the unlucky one that didn't go. <laughs> <You'd>, <laughs> I'd be like the one of the two left out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I mean – like a lot of things, you just forget about it sometimes. I mean, Andy forgot this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, I, like, I forgot to put in for my um, – I was going to start putting in for at least points for Whitetail. Oh, yeah, for the, you know, the uh, – Managed spe- hunt, yeah, whatever man- they're called. Managed but, hunts, yeah. And I didn't. I forgot. So, I mean, it, it happens. Oh, yeah, for so. sure. So, but thank you, Chris, for uh, coming on and sharing your story with everybody. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Chris did a great job. He yeah. was nervous. He's yeah. never done a podcast before, and um, so he, he did terrific, and we really appreciate him taking the time out of his day. Uh, after all the the heat went out in his truck, <laughs> he was on his way home, and his, his blower motor went out in his truck, oh, so man, he currently terrible. has no heat. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he's got that fixed by the time he listens to this. Yeah, I so. hope he does, man. All right. We'll talk to you all later. See you.